Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to Leadership File, the show that aims to help change the way you lead. I'm Andy Peck. Most churches would include discipleship somewhere in their mission or purpose statements. Some churches are good at helping people come to faith, some at helping them mature, and others at helping those who are mature followers to become disciple makers themselves. But very few churches have a system that helps take people through each of these stages. Well, to talk about the challenge of this, I'm joined this week by the Reverend Richard Wilson, the Vicar of St Michael's and All Angels in Twerton in Bath. So uh, welcome, Rich, to the Leadership File. Yeah, so thank you. good, good, good to have you along with us. And and um, you you've said yourself you don't feel like you're an expert on this, but at least you're Definitely. you're having a stab at, at, as a church at uh, at helping people become discipleship. So look, t- tell me, was discipleship part of the DNA of the church when you arrived? Well, it would have been one of those words that people would have known and understood and had some vague, uh, some concepts of uh, certainly. But it was definitely something that came with me uh, when, 11 years ago when I arrived. When I was a curate, I was trying to work out, um, you know, as you do when you're a curate, trying to work out, you know, how does this thing hold together? What are the most important things? And I kind of settled on my four things that, that I thought, having looked around churches across the country where, where things were good, what were the distinctives? And I kind of based my theory on the idea that every church that was good was committed to worship, being a community, had discipleship at its heart, and was on mission in a very strong way. So that, those are my four things, and I came with a logo that kind of summarized those things. So they had different arrows in different directions that kind of emphasized that. And I would work through those on a kind of consistent, kind of routine way. So discipleship came with me in the logo and then a kind of repeated fashion. But I guess, I guess my journey has been that uh, there was a bit of a, a, a trajectory in that logo. So we started with a kind of church-oriented uh, idea of what it was what it was all about. So worshipping community of disciples that went on mission. And I guess what's happened over the last few years is that my sense of uh, understanding or putting all that together is that it goes the other way around. We're a group of people who are on mission to make disciples who will become a community who worship Jesus. So the kind of the trajectories, the, the words are the same, but the trajectories got a different emphasis or a slightly different emphasis. Yeah. I understand, no, very much so. Yeah, you, you're um, vicar of St Michael's and All Angels. Is that uh, one church, two churches? How does it work? Yeah, so that's uh, one church on the edge of, on the edge of Bath, beautiful Bath. Um, we live in um, Twerton, which is an estate on the edge. It's the it's the poorest area of the city. It's one of the poorest areas in the region. You know, high levels of uh, unemployment, po- child poverty, those those kind of things. You know, the kind of markers, the normal markers of poverty that most cities kind of have their area. Well, Twerton's that context. So it makes it that makes it a different place to do the the whole church thing and and worship thing. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's the kind of area. Our church is is a small-ish, uh, seventy a- adults on a Sunday morning plus twenty plus children um gently uh, charismatic evangelical um socially minded i mean partly because of the context you can't avoid being socially minded but also because it's been in the dna of the church for for years and years um 
yeah, kind of open, very inclusive, very, very relaxed, very informal Anglican church. And uh, yeah, kind of lively in its character, I guess you, d- you describe it. Yeah. Great, great. And I, I, I saw the link on your website to the, the Bath Deanery, which includes the plan, everyone a disciple, everyone a disciple maker. Every church, a discipling, discipleship community everywhere, a discipleship invitation. So um, obviously that sounds sounds very good deanery wide. So the other other yeah. churches are at least focusing on this issue. Yeah, and that's been a, that's been an evolving thing, which has been really exciting. I've been I was assistant rural dean with uh, Martin Lloyd Williams, who's now archdeacon in Brighton, and then um, and now I've become rural dean in Bath. And Bath is a, a, a good deanery. It's a, it's a kind of you can see it across the city. It kind of it makes sense. We're connected. We understand the city together. It feels like it's bigger than any one parish. You know, we none of us own the city. It all belongs to all of us. So there's a sense of joint working and sharing across the city. Um, it's got a good heritage of churches, lively churches, whole mix of different, you know, not just the Anglicans, but a whole range of other denominations, all all kind of energized and committed. And but in the in the Anglican setup, we we've um. Over more recent years, you have to develop plans for your for your deanery, and and the last plan, the previous plan, but you know, five years ago plus, was about managing decline, or about how do we cope with the fact that we've got declining numbers, a gradual plateauing of numbers at best, but decline in reality, um, and how do we cope with you know clergy numbers and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, Martin and I were really kind of didn't want to be responsible for a plan of decline and wanted to be <laughs> wanted to do, see and imagine something else and we, and we, we thought well if we're going to be overseeing that what would that look like what's going to be the core of that and I guess out of my own thinking and reading discipleship was the, was the thing that really kind of came out as the strongest center point so we put that right at the center and um, I guess part of that was to try and establish that the focus of our lives as leaders of churches was not to make church the focus of our lives was to make uh, another activity the focus of our corporate life together so uh, there are 3,000 odd plus plus a few members of churches in the Anglican deanery and uh, we came up with this strap line everyone a disciple so and that's a bit of a shift I mean our our language in Anglicanism is not it's not littered with discipleship um, a few years ago, I was looking through um, general synod papers for some reason, and I was Googling, trying to search out where discipleship fitted for the last uh, century, and I couldn't find the word disciple or disciple-making hardly at all. I mean, it came up every now and again, but in kind of really rare instances, and there was no strategy for it. There was no conversation about it or anything. So in other words, the, con- the Anglican context really hasn't highlighted discipleship as a key term or phrase or concept at its heart so we wanted everyone to conceive themselves it would be a great goal if those 3,000 saw themselves as disciples that's actually a mental shift in itself the next step was our our goal to see all of those 3,250 people as disciple makers now that's another that's another shift altogether but would be fantastic if it if it happened and then we had some other things which we tagged on everyone at um, every church a discipleship community Again, that's just trying to say, how can we not think of ourselves as a worshipping community or a community hub in the centre, you know, kind of parish centre in the centre of an area, but to see ourselves as a disciple, you know, actively putting discipleship at the centre of our identities. And then, and then the last one, everywhere a discipleship invitation, the idea that 
that this isn't about Sundays, this is about the whole of life. This is about people on mission all the time in their workplaces, in their neighborhoods, all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, but it's been, it's, what's the, the exciting thing about this is that as we've done that over the last four or five years, um, there's been real momentum, real energy, real unity, that this has been the thing that has joined us together. If you get Anglicans and try to unite them around theology, it's hard. If you get them to unite around worship, that's hard. But we've all kind of gathered around Jesus' mandate to go and make disciples. And somehow that kind of has really helped us in our relationships and in our differences to kind of work together on the same thing. So it's been brilliant. It's been really. No, it's great. Great to hear. Great to hear, Rich. Um, I mean, I've been to your website, and and any, I mean, for me, any church quoting Dallas Willard on their website is a wise church. Okay, so, <laughs> um, I mean, Dallas has been on on the show a few times and been influential in in my thinking yeah. through discipleship. Um, you've clearly done some 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 reading. I mean, it may be Dallas, it may be someone else. So, who are the kind of folk that have that have helped well, no, you? I mean, that, Dallas. Yeah, totally. Dallas was. Um, I talk to him like Dallas, like I'm on first name terms with him. Is... <laughs> <laughs> but I pretty much I've read as much of, of him as I can. I started off with uh, Divine Conspiracy and then worked backwards and forwards. And, yeah, I did the same. Yeah, interesting. Him. Okay. okay. Hmm. Yeah, and um, and I guess for him, he, he his thing about becoming an apprentice of Jesus, having a curriculum for Christ-likeness, wanting to, you know, the whole of life being the, the place where God's kingdom can come in, Part of that was a kind of re-evaluating of what the gospel was. Yes. And so Dallas's thing about the gospel about Jesus being different from the gospel that Jesus had himself or the gospel that he declared. So that was one of the early shifts that I really, um, I remember Todd Hunter speaking at New Wine about that. And that was a fantastic kind of uh, eye-opening moment. I'd read lots of Tom uh, Wright stuff. Yes. And the kind of, that kind of just kind of drew all the Tom Wright stuff that I'd read into a kind of, Oh, I'm beginning to make sense of it or be able to work out how to apply it. So the kingdom of God gospel became really significant. You know, the, the domain of God's will being in the center of that and then working out how do I live my, how do I let my kingdom, the one I've got control over, express and exhibit the domain that the, the rule of God um, by submitting to the king. You know, that, how do I let his kingdom uh, be expressed in my life? So that was a, that was an early shift. And then Scott McKnight would probably be one of my influences, really significant. I guess he's a development, you know, he's a colleague of um, Tom Wright. But his work on the kingdom, but also his connection to the church. So a couple of books, King Jesus Gospel was really good. Yes. And then Kingdom Conspiracy recently. Again, just helped me kind of navigate that. I mean, there's been, a, and then there's been a whole load of Anglican stuff, you know, like um, Mission Shaped Church that has come through and, and the mission agenda is, is really big. But I guess what's, what's um, again, what's, what's been happening for me recently is that the, the mission, the missional stuff, if that's a word you understand, you know, where yeah. we talk about missional church and all that sort of stuff. Um, but because, because I've worked in urban uh, poor context all of my adult life, I trained as a social worker and professional officer. And so that's my context. The missional stuff has often been translated in, in terms of uh, social action or uh, connection to the poor in some way or changing structures. And um, uh, alongside a kind of a separate thing called evangelism and dis uh, maybe disciple making or bringing people to faith and, uh, or church growth. And um, uh, for me, the, the mission 
I'm now clearer in my own thinking that I think that Jesus gave us one mission, which was his mission, which was to pass on his stuff so that people would do his stuff the way that he did his stuff. So I just feel like that's, that's in a simple way, the mission is just to do what Jesus did, which is to reproduce yourself again and again and again, you know, that, the whole Matthew 28 thing, um, and, uh, and help people on that journey of being a disciple themselves who looks to Jesus and apprentices him, who then make other disciples who also look to him, take their rule from him, take their guide from him, and, and, and become actors in the kingdom, really. Yeah. Well, so that, that's my projection. That's no, my thank you. Journey, well, you're listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Richard Wilson, Reverend Richard Wilson, from uh, the Vicar of St. Michael's and All Angels. We'll be back just after this. Well, welcome back to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by the Reverend Richard Wilson, the Vicar of St. Michael's and All Angels, Twerton in Bath. We're talking particularly about discipleship and making disciples and how that's part of the DNA increasingly of, of the church that, uh, that Richard serves and the challenge of, of of making churches that kind of church. So getting a bit more kind of into the practicalities, Rich, in the second yeah. half. Um, so just talk me through the kind of ways in which you've sought to embody some of these things in the life of the church. Uh, to, you know, a, a newcomer to the church and then someone who's a believer already and then and moving on to becoming a disciple maker uh, themselves however fledgling your attempts are or whatever however new they are just just talk me through how you see things okay well i, I um more um I, people come through church in in many different ways okay they come to christ in many different ways in my church like they do in in right across the country so whether that's through sundays like a guy called nathan who got brought along by his daughter um to a, a service that we were holding in the school our boiler broke down we moved to the school his daughter got invited and he brought she brought her dad massive change to his life fantastic you know all weddings Ian and Sarah came to faith because they they were able to get married in our church and then the conversation grew from there or our project work now again because of the social context we have a number of different kinds of projects we've got chaplaincy in the local school or um, kind of the youth work side of things. We've got a, a fantastic little community centre on the high street in Twerton, which has a community cafe running, and then we've got a kind of creative arts, music centre type thing. Um, and, and, and each of those connect with a huge fringe, um, way bigger than the 70 adults who would consider themselves to be disciples. So, and um, that, that fringe, I guess, is really significant for connecting with people and then, then starting the conversation. And then, of course, there's the, the normal just people's friends, their neighbours, their colleagues, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Jason or Michelle would have come to life, come to faith through conversations over the gate, you know, over the, you know, through this at the school, all that kind of stuff. So people come into into the story through lots of different ways, I guess. Great, great. Uh, and and if you're taking someone, you know, they've, they've come to faith in Jesus in whatever whatever the me- mechanism is. Have you yeah. got particular things that you would try and make sure all of them do or or is it uh, individual tailor-made kind of maturing depending on the situation what, what's what's your kind yeah. of approach yeah so i think we have um we are learning and we've had to adapt so uh, my training was um and my experience as uh, as a child growing up in church and then as a young adult and, and all the rest of it was that that programs could help in this process so that I could go to an alpha course for example or a Christianity Explored course or whatever 
and go through that and then and then I would move on to another kind of course or a small group and then uh, maybe if I was keen I, I could kind of do some further kind of kind of in investigation or development and, and most of that's a kind of intellectual level or certainly a, a kind of um, I mean, Alpha is more than just an intellectual experience, but it, it's a kind of groupy, kind of, uh, uh, kind of, kind of chatty environment. It's what a kind of learned, it's a middle, middle, middle to upper middle class sort of thing to do, I guess, at one level. I guess that's exactly right. So in our context, that has been uh, harder to see the success that we've seen elsewhere, and we've learned that you that life happens as it happens, and we need to take the opportunity right now to take. Um, to, to speak about what discipleship means right now in this context. So at the school gate with a conflict that's going on between me and another parent or um, uh, an issue about money or conversations about relationships, that, that there's no point waiting for the abstract moment when we can discuss it in a nice, clean group environment right. and reflect and then apply it. So there's a lot more one-to-one -one stuff that's had to happen. We do do quite a bit of small group stuff too, Again, we've, we've learned here in our context that um, small groups of 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that size um, is actually quite intimidating for people and doesn't get the fruit that we were looking for. So we've, we've actually, most, our most successful small groups are actually smaller, uh, two, three, four, uh, those where there's an intensity and a, a kind of uh, an intentionality to the relationships and a regularity to that. And um, again, they seem to last for a while and then they drift and then they arise again and then they drift and then they kind of, they kind of ebb and flow a bit, which can be frustrating as a church leader because you like this. In my head, it's always kind of linear growth, kind of nice curve sure. upwards. But these things kind of ebb and flow, depending what's really going on in people's lives as much as what I'm trying to do. I guess all of my, my, my thinking about it is that... Um, Jesus made disciples, uh, I've got this uh, kind of seven eyes of disciple making, um, which, uh, and Peter would be a great example of someone who was on this journey. First of all, he made an impression to a crowd. He then made an invitation to that crowd, come and follow me. He then, uh, then there was a, a moment of intentionality that, that Peter or any other disciple had to make, and that's a crucial moment. But that's not the end of it. That's just another stage in it. There's um, there's some kind of initiation into the process, into the into what it means to be a disciple. And that might be uh, a baptism of some kind, um, and certainly an immersion into a community of people who are on a way somewhere. But then the the last three would be uh, what I would call immersion, imitation, and instruction. So immersion is about doing something with a group of other people. Imitation is about copying people, so learning just yeah copying them learning from them doing the same thing they're doing and instruction would be what i you know the normal alpha groupy kind of small group stuff that we do now i guess in my training i was taught how to do instruction but i wasn't taught to do immersion imitation and all the others i was those i've had to learn what it looks like so an example would be a guy who's come to faith through one of the projects um and then he's got involved in the project. And then by being immersed in the Christian environment, he's been more intrigued, come along on Sundays, got immersed into the Sunday thing. And then he's begun to explore stuff. And then as we've explored him, we've intentionally drawn him into a smaller group, which we call DNA, discipleship, nurture, and um, something else, beginning with A. <laughs> um, uh, accountability, there you go. Um, and that's where he kind of began to kind of be kind of 
looked at in a microscope about how he's going to deal with his money, how he's going to deal with his, his um, relationships, how he's going to deal with anger. And it was a it was a small group. It wasn't a big group. It was um, yeah, small group. And then of course he's part of the culture now, and he's part of the leadership team. Actually, he's grown fantastically over the last few years. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. That's I, I can, that well, it sounds wonderful. It's it's a bit more messy on the ground. No, no, sure. Well, well, you have the structure for your Grove booklet when you come to write it, Richard. So <laughs> your seven, <laughs> your seven eyes. Uh, I mean, t- times times defeating us, but I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, how you recognise a mature believer who you might expect to be disciple makers themselves, and there's lots. I've read lots of literature on this uh, about you know whether it's three years or whether you're almost ready at the right you know at the start. And just give me your your, your best best uh, answer okay, well, to that. I, I, I'm really interested in that question, but, uh, and it makes me think that there are both answers are kind of resonant with me. So there are are, are members of the church family who are who are clearly at the, are taking a slow track you know they're not they're not becoming reproducers uh, immediately they're still on the journey of being made and formed and they're learning all the way um and sometimes they they were even kind of like taking a few steps backwards as well so that so that there's that group but there are others who have been who have so got it and so want to share it and so want to exhibit it and they're magnets to their non-Christian friends. So last year we had a, a church weekend away, that kind of stuff, and um, one of our really new Christians invited three other TAs from the local school to come along in our church weekend away um, to Lee Abbey. Now, we, no one else would have invited the TAs from our local school to come with us to our church weekend away. We would have thought that that was, that was crazy thinking and they'll never come. But because she's such an enthusiast for God and just such a warm she's got it they wanted to come with her now that was an un, that was a surprising step forward now they have only come to that weekend away they haven't come to any other service since then although we see them incredibly regularly but um uh that so she's a she's a natural disciple maker mm. in in one sense she's just someone who wants to communicate it whereas others are, are, are much slower now do i have a strategy for that no other than trying to create a culture of invitation much more intentionally in our in our thinking as a church and i guess we're at the early i think we're a church that thinks of ourselves as a welcoming church but i wouldn't describe ourselves as a particularly inviting church in other words i don't think we're we're naturally an inviting church i think we're a bit reticent a bit nervous a bit anxious we make the decision for people that they probably don't want to come anyway so we 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 don't even ask them so i think we're moving into a period well, I'm increasingly hoping we're going to move into a period where there's a culture of invitation at every, for everything, not just into church activities, but into our lives. Come and join us as we go and do this, this you know, change a garden, or come and join us as we go you know, do our social stuff, or come, just come and be part of us as a family. So. No, that's, that's, that's great. Times uh, almost defeated us, Rich. Um, but I'm just, uh, you know, there'll be some listeners thinking, yeah, this is this is kind of scratching where I'm itching. At least I wasn't itching there, and I am now. I know that we're not as a church being as disciple focused or disciple making focused. So just just in closing, one one idea that you might want to suggest they think through or um, respond. Uh, one response to that. So, um, totally is the main thing. Um, 
don't know if you hear the apocryphal story of the London Underground, who, um, or it's the Overground, it was the buses that were, the buses weren't, were, were, were driving past people at the bus stop. And um, uh, they, the people complained, so they put a notice in the Evening Standard about why, why they were doing this. And they said, well, it's impossible for us to main our, maintain our schedule if we're always having to stop and pick up passengers. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and clearly somewhere along the line, someone's main thing had moved from delivering passengers and picking them up to keeping a timetable going. And I think in the church, we've somehow done that. Um, somewhere along the line, we've, we've got ourselves confused about what the main thing is. Um, Justin Welby, a, a few years ago, just when he started, he said that there are two more, the two most important things for the church are, one is worship, the second, the church exists to make new disciples, Everything else is decoration. Now, that's quite a bold thing for a Church of England archbishop to say everything else is decoration. Um, and I, I, I think I'm convinced, and I'm trying to align my life with that idea and try not to do too much decoration and more of the main thing. So I just encourage people to get on with it. Rich, wonderful. Well, keep you keep doing that down in Bath. That's fantastic to hear. Um, so thank you so much for all that you've shared, and uh, may God bless your your efforts in that particular part of the uh, part of the country yeah thank you thank you God so bless you too. well we, you're listening to leadership farm me andy peck uh, my guest this week was richard wilson uh, the vicar of st michael's and all angels twerton in bath and uh, you can go to their website google it and uh, you can see some of the things that we've been discussing and uh, and how they as a church are, are functioning and i pray that this may be an encouragement to you if you're listening to uh, to make sure that the main thing is the main thing May, may God help us all as we uh, seek to put this into practice. And uh, do join me again next Sunday at 3.30 for another Leadership File. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.